You are listening to episode 118 of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, where I will be discussing how to completely eliminate sugar from your life in two months. And actually, I'm discussing an article that a client gave me. So get excited. We're going to review this and I'll let you know my thoughts. Welcome to or welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and my goal is to empower you to take that next step on your health and fitness journey. As a fitness, health, and lifestyle entrepreneur, I will share with you stories of triumph, struggle, optimism, and empowerment in all aspects of fitness and health from myself and many guests who have overcome the same obstacles you are working through today. Let's dive into today's topic and get you some actionable steps to apply to your journey. Are you struggling with finding the time to make or buy healthy meals for yourself and your family? Trust me, I get it. I am swamped with running back and forth across town during the day, going client to client and not having a second to myself until I get home at night. And honestly, by the time I get home, I do not want to plan a meal or go out to the store for ingredients and then come home and make dinner for myself and my husband. This is why I order healthy organic meals from Caspiana Catering every week. So each week, Jessica Commages and her team put together a beautiful menu of super nutrition meals that include things like vegan entrees, seafood entrees, rainbow veggie spiral salads, protein breakfast porridge, nourishing glow bowls, and then my favorite, the super seed chocolate almond butter raw bar. I know, it sounds amazing, it is. (laughs) These meals are packed with organic foods and micronutrients that will fuel your day, but without the guilt, I promise. Now, if you're interested in saving some time and boosting your health, then head on over to caspianacatering.com and use the code DANNY15, D-A-N-Y-E-1-5, to save 15% on your first order. Side note, these meals are only available in Shreveport, Bossier, Louisiana, and you must get your orders in by Saturday for Monday pickup or delivery. I can't wait to see what you get, and I hope you enjoy. Are you a Disney fan, but you're kind of stressing a little bit because there is so much to do before you go, you don't even know how you're going to handle it all, and you're just already thinking about how much you're going to accidentally indulge on all of those magical goodies and then come home and have to probably diet? Come on, I know you don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anyone. Not my friends, not my family, not my clients. Nobody needs that. And I figured out the right way to plan your Disney vacation to include just enough health and fitness to make sure that you come home without feeling guilty about the magical vacation you had and feeling like you need to diet. My brand new Healthy Disney ebook is now available on Amazon in Kindle or ebook format as well as paper book 
paperback format. So I'm really excited to share that with you. It'll be available in audio version as well soon, but I do highly recommend the paperback version. It's really quite like a workbook. There's a ton of activities in there that really take you through mindset and figuring out how to handle objections and talking to the rest of the people that are going on vacation with you and figuring out your workout strategy and how to have some of the fun magical foods, but then make sure you get some of the healthy stuff in there too. So if you're interested, head on over over to Amazon or there will be a link in the show notes below and just type in Healthy Disney and you'll see a picture of me flexing next to Pluto. So click on that ebook. All right. I hope you enjoy it and I can't wait to hear what you think. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. My name is Danny. I am your host and I am your resource for fitness, food, and travel. So how do we maintain and gain this healthy lifestyle approach when we are so busy on the go all the time. Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to give you the resources. I'm here to give you the tips and the tricks and the hacks. And when I find out something new, I want to share it with you so that you can figure out what best works for your lifestyle for the long term. And today I thought this would be fun to go through an article that a client gave me that was titled Functional Food, How to Completely Eliminate Sugar from Your Life in Two Months. This apparently was written by a Dr. Nicole Avina. I have not read through this article other than the front page because I wanted to give you all my honest reaction to the information. It looks like this article was written in February of 2014. So I'm interested to see if this is generic functional food advice that is good for the long term or if this is maybe something faddish from 2014. So we will have to see. And for your knowledge, if you're new here, I am a certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist through the the American Council on Exercise, more commonly known as ACE. And I'm also a licensed owner and practitioner of the Diet Doc Permanent Weight Loss Solutions Company. So I work with a lot of medical doctors and um, RDs and uh, just a lot of lifestyle medicine folks. So I have a huge umbrella's worth of people that can help me out if there's a topic or something that I am not familiar with. And it's just awesome. We're always diving into the latest and greatest, whether it's for lifestyle coaching or for like really bodybuilding physique style coaching for clients and for ourselves. So I do my best to stay as updated as possible on the new research that comes out instead of just what's written in books that maybe is quite outdated. So that's a brief background on me if you weren't aware let's dive into this article. I'm intrigued and I hope you are too because I know a lot of us in the United States, especially in Louisiana where I am from, we deal with a lot of high fat, high carbohydrate, high sugar foods that are just simply surrounding us all the time and we have trouble keeping our willpower in check, if you will, because all of these things are just so frequently around us. We have an office party, we have a get together, you wanna be nice, you go, you know, somehow donuts or breakfast tacos or something like that shows up in front of you and there's always this extra added sugar in everything because we're trying to enhance the flavors and the experience. And it's just very difficult to cut sugar out if you're not very, very determined and have a very specific goal that you are dedicated to. So I'm interested to see what we have in store for us. It looks like this article talks about a five-step plan to help cut cravings for the sweet stuff and start filling up on whole foods. So I like that. And let's see, it says eating this way 
won't just help you kick sugar to the curb. You'll feel better, lighter, and more energized and find it easier to stick to your weight loss goals. So far, I'm liking that, but we'll see how things go. All right, phase one, they say, is eliminate sugary beverages. This should take one to two weeks. And then they give an explanation as to why, saying that there are many culprits, sugary beverage culprits, including soft drinks, sweetened waters, different coffee beverages that have sugar added to them, different energy drinks that have lots of sugar added to them, um, fruity drinks, even juices, and they give the fact of apple juice can be a combination of apple flavoring and 100% sweeteners derived from concentrated fructose from the apple, so it can be called 100% apple juice. So, and that's super interesting. I, I agree with this. Sugary beverages are everywhere. And as much as I love that there are options out there that promote, you know, freshly pressed, you know, cold juices, you know, they're, they're right out of, you know, the fruit. When you do that, and again, I'm a, I like these, you're getting, you're missing out on the fibrous part of that fruit. So you're really getting just the fructose, just the sugar from the fruit. And even though it's a healthier, more natural type of sugar, because it's coming from the fruit in those cold pressed natural juices, and you're getting the vitamins and minerals, yeah, you are missing out on that fibrous component. And a lot of that fiber helps to clear your digestive system, move things along through your digestive system, and keep you a little bit more satiated and more full because it takes you longer to digest those foods that have fiber in them. So I love getting people to drink cold, fresh pressed juices. And I would much rather you have that when it's, you know, freshly squeezed that morning compared to buying fruit juice out of a container from a grocery store for sure. So, I mean, they're right, or this doctor, she's right in the fact that if you eliminate these types of sugary beverages, I mean, goodness gracious, black coffee versus a, you know, latte that has, you know, the sugar from the milk and then the sugar from any pump of flavoring. I mean, one pump of flavorings, even from Starbucks, is six grams of sugar. Most tall beverages from Starbucks have three pumps of whatever flavoring in them. So you can just imagine if you're drinking a grande or a venti, you, you're getting four or five, six pumps of whatever, you know, flavoring you want. So if you, if you did in fact eliminate sugary beverages, then yes, you would feel, I think, better, lighter, and more energized. But goodness, at the same token, it's difficult to go cold turkey on that. So let's see. Next page says, okay, the problem is that the size of these beverages can be deceiving. Um, they can also be a, what does it say? Be a way in which more sugar and calories, oh yeah, can sneak into your diet without your knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm agreeing with all of this. It's essentially just saying that those things that we just mentioned have a lot of hidden sugar calories. And when we think something is very small, portion-wise, really over the years, our portions have become distorted in America. So when we think we're getting what's listed as a tall or a normal-sized drink, well, you know what? It used to be the size of a short drink. You know, there's just, it's too, you know, a 12 ounce, maybe it used to be a 10 ounce was the norm, but a 12 ounce is the norm now. So yes, simply answered, cutting out the sugary filled drinks will eliminate a lot of sugar from your diet and help you along your weight loss goals. 
I'm not quite a cold turkey kind of person, but that's possible. Okay, moving on. Part two or phase two, they say eliminate junk foods. This is not new news. They're saying this is uh, two to three weeks is for this. So it's giving you, I guess, the first two weeks to focus on taking out those sugary drinks. And then the next two to three weeks, winks, <laughs> weeks, you're trying to eliminate junk food. The why is you'll most likely find these foods in vending machines at sporting events and at fast food restaurants. However, you'll also likely find them in the shelves of your pantry because they went from the shelves of the grocery store to the shelves of your pantry. Again, I would have to agree with this. You know, I think the bigger question here is, is this reasonable for you and your lifestyle? And what are you, what's, what's your goal and will you be able to stick to it? Yes, cutting out processed food is going to help you along your weight loss journey. It's gonna help you feel better and lighter and have more energy. Junk foods are essentially processed foods. When you find something that's packaged and it's high sugar, high carbs, low fiber, low protein, those are the things that are not helping you necessarily along your journey. If you are on a journey and you feel like you've stalled for you know weight loss or physique enhancement, I am sure there are people out there who are kind of that ectomorph body type or even mesomorphs who are more athletically built and have those higher metabolisms and they can eat a lot more junk food without having that appearance of gained weight or a tough time losing weight. So some people's metabolism, they just need that extra food so that they can simply keep their weight on. So I don't think this information is for people who are looking to gain weight. Granted, I don't think if you have a very high metabolism and you struggle to keep weight on that you should eat junk food all day long. I think you still need your vitamins and your minerals and a good amount of protein for you, an optimal, optimal amount of protein, and you need whole food sources. Now, if you ate nothing but fiber and protein all day, you're gonna be so stuffed beyond belief and you're not gonna be comfortable. And then, you know, where's your quality of life? So that comes into question as well. They're listing here, some of these junk foods would include things like cakes, cookies, candy bars, and ice cream, as well as savory and salty foods like chips, popcorn, and pretzels. So classic examples of junk foods. And you can even consider things like granola bars, energy bars, fruit bars, caramel-laced caramel rice cakes, and butter crackers. So again, there are all these processed foods that have the extra sugars added to them. I think that we are trending towards processed foods that are, you know, let's find some more organic processed foods or less processed foods than others. So you wanna look at those ingredients and figure out, you know, can I read all of these ingredients? Is, you know, obviously everything is pretty much processed unless you're picking a piece of fruit off of the vine, you know, or you're digging a vegetable out of the ground. Like most things that we eat that we're gonna get from a grocery store are processed, but how processed is it? Can you make a better choice of which processed item you choose? Again, it talks about the cold turkey approach here and prioritizing, you know, making lists. I, I love making lists, I'm an organization queen. So they talk about making lists of the foods that you tend to overeat on, figure out which ones are highest in sugars and carbs. So looking at those nutrition fact labels, looking at the serving sizes and figuring out, okay, if I eat 10 things consistently each week that are considered quote unquote junk foods or those sugary drinks, what could I be willing to give up this week? You know, okay, once I've proven to myself that I can give that one thing up this week, 
what else could I give up? And, you know, can are you looking at this from a perspective of am I trying to give up or am I trying to add something healthier in? For a lot of my clients and for myself, I don't like to give things up. So I kind of like to look at it from, okay, what can I find that's new and kind of fun that I can substitute? What is a better option that still tastes really good, but it's not as processed? And I try to slide things in that are a better option for me than you know what I was previously eating. Let's see, moving on to phase three says drastically reduce carbs and this should take three to four weeks. Okay, this is interesting. So it says when you reach this point, so you've already given up your junk foods and your sugary drinks, pat yourself on the back and con congratulate yourself. All right, I'll bite. I like that. I do think, think it's important that you, you know, recognize your progress along the way. I do like that. You have eliminated the sugar-rich, empty calories from your diet. Can't say that they're empty. I mean, they're still calories. They're still giving you fuel one way or the other. It may just not be optimal. At this point, you should start to see and feel a change. You have fewer withdrawal symptoms and more energy. And there is a noticeable difference in the way that you look and feel. While you've already reduced your intake of simple carbs like sugars from beverages, you still have to tackle complex carbs like breads, pastas, and rice. Both simple and complex carbs affect your blood sugar in ways that can detract from your weight loss. If you eat them in excess, you will soon be craving other foods, often those that are high in sugar or largely consistent of carbohydrates. I, yeah, I mean, to an extent, I think this is not like a one-size-fits-all, so you need to recognize, you know, how much are you eating in the first place? Have you been kind of dieting yourself for a long period of time? Are you eating these complex carbohydrates? How do you feel after phase one and phase two? Is simply doing that getting you to a place where you're really happy and you're seeing consistent weight loss? I don't like to change too many things at a time. So if you're seeing consistent weight loss with those two things, then I would, I would let things maybe sit and not change too much more at that moment in time. And wait to see if those changes are enough to get you to a place where you're kind of living this lifestyle of intake versus exercise that you are happy with that's satisfying everything if it is great if you've you know seen some weight loss from phases one and phases two and you still want to see more but you've stalled then i would say that's the point where you look at the next stage so if you're looking at how many complex carbs you're eating are you eating bread three, four, five times a day? Are you eating a ton of pasta? Are you eating a ton of rice? This, These are good questions. And I know a lot of people don't love to track and some people really love to track. For me, I love to track and I love to look at nutrition serving sizes on those nutrition fact labels. A lot of times I see it so frequently here, serving size in a restaurant when you get rice along with something else is generally about a cup of rice. A cup of rice is really about three servings of rice. Like a serving of rice is about 15 grams, um, a third a cup. Like that's about what a serving size should be. Not for everybody, but on average. And so you can just see it's very easy to overeat because we're constantly given these larger portions. Instead of having toast for breakfast or a sandwich for lunch, Okay, it's, it's telling you to come up with some alternatives. So you can opt for eggs and fruit for breakfast and a large green salad with chicken on top. Hold the croutons and the sugar-laced dressings for lunch. 
generally I like this. However, again, for some people, I I like having carb like those starchy complex carbs first thing in the morning. I don't think that's the only thing that you should eat. But if you have one piece of toast with your eggs, I think that's a great combination. I like having carbs to fuel my day, especially if it's your pre-workout meal. I really think unless you're following a ketogenic style approach that carbohydrates are a really great fuel source. I mean, it's your body's preferred fuel source, uh, glucose is, for, for energy. So I think it depends on the day, it depends on your lifestyle. And I, I enjoy eggs and fruit. Okay, and you're gonna get some, you're gonna get carbs from the fruit. You're gonna get that natural um, sugar from the fruit as well as some fiber depending on the type of fruit if you have that for breakfast. So overall, if your goal is to, yes, reduce your overall carbohydrate calories and you're, you're used to eating a breakfast sandwich or having eggs and fruit and toast, then yes, cutting out the toast might be the easiest option to just simply reduce those carbs. And again, I enjoy salads with protein on top. I don't feel an issue personally with croutons, but again, if, if that's like your one thing that you're saying, okay, this week I'm gonna work on cutting out the croutons. Like it's just to kind of gain that self-confidence and that boost of, okay, I knew I could, you know, I tried to eliminate one thing that was my one goal and I did that. Okay, now I've gained the confidence to know that I can, you know, live without that one thing and we can add in a healthier option later. I definitely agree with the sugar lace dressings too. You just don't know what's in the dressings you get from different restaurants and it's very easy to buy a high sugar dressing from the store or a very high fat dressing from the store. I found a couple really great brands of salad dressings from Whole Foods and Kroger. One of them is Bolt House Farms and they make their dressings, most of them anyway, with a Greek yogurt base. And so overall it's lower in calories, it's higher in protein and it's lower in fats and in carbs. So look at those nutrition labels and kind of just start comparing different options if you're trying to find overall, you know, tasty but lower carb options to keep at the house or maybe to even bring with you to restaurants. I do enjoy bringing little like one or two ounce cups of dressing with me when I go out to eat so that I can indulge and have something fun, but I can bring my own dressing and I don't have to worry so much about the additional fat or carb calories that I would have gotten from the four ounce container of dressing that the restaurant would have usually provided me. Also listed here is phasing out breads and pastas first and then moving on to cereals unless you're eating lots of highly sweetened cereals, in which case you should cut those out first because they're loaded with added sugars. Yeah, there's a lot of cereal out there that's loaded with sugar. And I think those are fun from time to time. Again, I like to encourage people to, hey, let's add something in. Let's find a high fiber cereal that you enjoy and you can keep that sugary cereal around every once in a while, or maybe start with like cutting it half and half to one serving size of the sugary cereal and one serving size of the higher fiber cereal. And instead of like two servings of cereal, of the sugary cereal first, and start kind of mixing those together and getting used to the flavor and the taste of the healthier, more nutrient dense options. I think it's hard to just make those, well, and again, it depends on your willpower and your goals. If you like going cold turkey, then you might need to do a whole fridge pantry cleanout and just like immediately go cold turkey and figure out what are the serving sizes here. Have I been 
eating a proper serving size per the nutrition label? Or have I been going overboard? How, you know, what are my bowl and my plate sizes at home? Am I naturally just filling up the size of the plate? Can I make a change by simply getting smaller plates or smaller bowls or just filling up smaller portions? You know, those are, those are really good options as well. And the other thing they talk about here is switching out. Okay, so I like this, switching out um, rices and other starches with vegetables. So maybe instead of having pasta, you can have like, well, it mentions vegetable or squash as a substitute, but you can have zoodles or zucchini noodles. Something I'm really enjoying as of late are things like edamame or edamame pasta or red lentil pasta. Those pastas are about half as many total carbohydrates as regular servings of regular pasta. And then they're higher in fiber and they're higher in protein. So overall, it's a huge win. Usually a two ounce serving of pasta dry is about 42 grams of total carbs, maybe one or two grams of fiber, and usually maybe three to five grams of protein. So these other types of vegetable-based pastas or legume-based pastas are usually like maybe 25 to 30 grams of total carbs, and then usually eight to 15 grams of fiber and about the same 12 to 15 grams of protein, just depending. So those will keep you more full for a longer period of time. Yeah, the texture might be a little bit different. The taste might be a little bit different, but a very good alternative. You still feel like you're getting that pasta, but it's got higher nutrient dense options. And then something I find that my, my mom always did, and this is not a knock, this is just like, hey, we had a family of six and we always had extra people over. When she makes pasta, she makes the whole bag. Okay, well, do you have six people in your household? Are you making the pasta that night for six people or are you making it for four people? Look at the bag of pasta and look at what the serving size is. If you're making it for four people, measure out a proper serving portion for four people and only make four people's servings worth. I hope that makes sense. But that's a really simple change that you can make instead of making six portions for four people and then us thinking after dinner like, oh, there's a little bit left on the pot. We don't want to waste it or we don't want to leave it for leftovers. Like, oh, I'll just eat it. Like, I'm, you know, I have a little bit of room. I can just finish that up instead of actually packing it away and using it for leftovers. This will depend on, again, your willpower and your ability to eat leftovers or not. So instead of thinking that you might waste it, just don't make the excess in the first place. Moving on to phase four. It says reduce hidden sugars, and this should take another one to two weeks. This is talking about dressings, sauces, and condiments, which we've discussed a little bit already. And um, they're just saying these things add flavor to food and they can work against your weight loss goals. Yes, that's true. A small amount of some condiments can add whole grams of sugar to your meal. That's also true. Furthermore, we usually don't use one packet of sweet and sour sauce or ketchup. Instead, we douse our food in these sugar-rich add-ons. I think that's true for the most part. Consequently, you might think that you're doing all you can to reduce the amounts of sugar you're consuming, but that might not be the case if you continue to eat foods with hidden sugars. I think this comes back to let's look at the nutrition fact label and let's read through the ingredient list. When you go to buy things like ketchup or peanut butter, 
look through the ingredient list. If the ingredient list has added sugar in it, you know, if sugar is listed as, as an ingredient instead of just, you know, hey, tomatoes, or like when I buy peanut butter, the only ingredient in my peanut butter better be peanuts. <laughs> and if it says peanuts and then cane sugar or processed white sugar, or, you know, if it says sugar in there, added sugar, I don't want added sugar in my peanut butter. I want just peanuts. So start looking at the nutrition labels and reading through those ingredients and simply opt for a different option. I'm not saying don't get the ketchup. I'm not saying don't get the peanut butter. I'm just saying look for the options that don't have that added sugar in the ingredient list. They do warn you here on different foods in the processed packaging that says, you know, this is a diet food or this is a low fat food or a non-fat food to try to get you on the bandwagon of this item's healthy because there's no fat or this item's healthy because there's um, no carbs or no sugar. But if something is quote unquote sugar free, then it's probably got added fat. If it's fat free, you know, if it's labeled and advertised as fat free, it's probably got added sugar so that they can compensate for the flavor that would have been there. So I'm not a fan of products like that. I get it. Everybody's got their vice every once in a while. Um, and I personally, I'd rather give myself that little thing every once in a while than say I can't have it at all because if I can't have it, I want it more. <laughs> raise your hand. I know I can't see you, but raise your hand. I can feel it. If you think that that's how you roll as well. Like if I do try to deprive myself of something, I want it more. Instead of just letting myself have the piece of chocolate or the piece of cake every now and then, the real ice cream every now and then. You know, there's just so many options out there. I do think that this is a, a little bit outdated because it's still just with my knowledge, it's still focused on a lot of these, you know, diet like foods out there. I think it's good information, but I do feel like our society is moving more towards the organic foods and understanding that fat is not a bad thing. Granted, some people like to take, I think, the ketogenic approach and that fad into, you know, swinging the pendulum too far in that direction. I don't feel like a ketogenic diet is a fad diet. I feel like some people use it as a fad diet. And I think diets like that should be a lifestyle. It should be something that you go into with the perspective of this needs to be long-term sustainable for me. And that's the approach everybody I think needs to use is what is going to work for me long-term sustainable and things that are just all low fat or all low sugar. It's just not necessarily the best. I would rather see on a food label, no sugar added than sugar-free because to me that says, and of course, read the ingredient list, but to me that says there's sugar naturally occurring in an ingredient here. So it's not a sugar-free option, but it is an option that does not have additional sugar added to it. So I think there's lots of cookbooks out there right now that, you know, they're called sugar-free cookbooks because that's the hook that's going to get you to pick up the book and open it when really they're talking about recipes that are no sugar added recipes. So anything in the recipe that has sugar in it is naturally occurring. For example, you know, dates are a really great form of sugar. They're, they're coming from the date. Um, so you'll see things out there like date sugar. And I like that. I've used date sugar. I really find it enjoyable. You'll also see a lot of things out there like with stevia and stevia sweeten. I mean, stevia, it's coming from a plant that's a leaf. And I enjoy a lot of products. There's, um, my favorite kind of chocolate right now, and my husband's as well, it's called Lily's Chocolates. 
or Lily's Sweets, and they make a fabulous stevia sweetened chocolate. It's actually high in fiber. It's stevia sweetened. I think it's delicious. Yes, you can taste it. It's not a Hershey bar, but it's awesome. And there are so many really great organic or um, less processed options out there these days. If you're looking in the right places, you can still definitely go to Walmart or Kroger or any grocery store and find really unhealthy packaged and processed foods. So I hope that this can start the trend of people seeing that there, if you look, there are better options out there. You don't have to buy the most processed option out there and you shouldn't be going to pick something off the shelf just based on what that front promotion label says. So I want to encourage all of you as you're listening to this to read through your nutrition labels and your ingredients. Moving on to phase five. Okay, this is maintain your new way of eating and the time period length of this is the rest of your life. So I, again, I agree with this approach. You want to maintain an approach for the rest of your life. She says, this is a way of eating, not a temporary diet. That means once you cut out these sugary carb-rich foods, you'll continue eating this way for the rest of your life. If you only eat this way temporarily and eventually go back to your old ways of eating, you can be certain that the addiction will rope you back in pretty quickly. Again, I have to agree with that. What she doesn't list here is that if you, you know, follow phases one through four, and then you, you reach your goal, ideal weight, and then go back to what you were doing before, you're going to yo-yo diet. You're going to gain all of that weight back and more, and you're not going to be pleased with the outcome. And the more you diet, the more you yo-yo diet, the harder it gets to diet and lose that weight every time you do so. So I do like that she's talking about a lifestyle, you know, nutritional intake. So I want you to take all this with a grain of salt and figure out if this is something that you want to do and if it's something that you can do for the long term. If you need to take these phases in longer time periods than what she recommended, then I encourage you to do so. And I don't think that because it's talking about cutting out sugar that you can't ever have sugar again. This doesn't mean that you can't have fruit because it has sugar in it. Doesn't mean you can't have milk. I mean, unless you have some allergies or some medical conditions that truly prevent you from having sugar, I don't think sugar is a bad thing. And in fact, I think it's very beneficial and optimal in some ways for some people. It just depends on you and your goals. I hope this helps you out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you know somebody else who's struggling with a sugar addiction, please share this information with them. This can help them out too, but they may never know about it if you don't share this episode with them and let them know that this could be a great resource for them. Thanks again so much for listening. I love you guys and I do want to let you know that, okay, this episode should be going out on Monday and I should be launching my Healthy Disney podcast today as well. There should be five, four or five episodes over there on this channel, on this podcast, we talk about fitness, food, and travel. So your generic health, fitness, and wellness. I found that I was talking about so many Disney-related health, fitness, and wellness topics that I really needed a separate place to discuss only Disney-related information. So if you love health, fitness, and wellness, and you also love Walt Disney World and the Disneyland parks, and you're trying to make sure that you plan healthy and fit vacations, or you just want a few extra 
tips to make sure that you stay a little bit more on track for that next Disney vacation and you bring home just the magic and not the extra pounds, then I highly encourage you to check out the Healthy Disney Podcast. I will leave a link in the show notes below for you. And with that being said, I want everybody to have a wonderful week. And that is it. Go enjoy your long-term sustainable nutrition choices. Bye, everyone. so much for spending time with me today and listening to the fitness empowerment podcast if you felt empowered to make a change in your life and take the next step on your health and fitness journey then please do me a favor and take a moment to share this episode with a friend who needs to hear this message this podcast is available via itunes soundcloud and anchor which shares to a multitude of other platforms so make sure you check out the platform that you enjoy most and if you really truly do enjoy this content then please do me another favor and go over to itunes give this podcast a five-star rating and an honest review and that will truly help the podcast to grow and reach as many people as possible so thank you in advance for that Also, if you know of someone, perhaps a friend or family member that has been through a huge struggle in their fitness and health journey and they have overcome that struggle, please pass them on to me. I would love to hear about their journey and share it with the rest of the world. Until next time, cheers to your next leap of strength.